This morning's scripture reading comes from the book of Colossians, chapter 3, verses 12 through 17. I'll be reading from the New King James Version. Therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering, bearing with one another and forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, you also must do. But above all these things, put on love, which is the bond of perfection. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which also you were called in one body to be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. And whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Good morning. It's a beautiful, beautiful day. Of course it is. It's the day that the Lord has made. We ought to rejoice and be glad in it. Did any of us fuss about the bountiful rain that we got yesterday? Well, some did. They thought they had a, a stream, a river, a lake in their backyard as the rain continued to come down. <clears throat> But if we're talking about blessings, how do you want God to bless you? The blessings that he gave and the amount of rain that he gave or just a little sprinkle here and there? We're talking about the blessings that God can give and that God does give. I'll take all that he has to offer. We have a great and a wonderful and a gracious Father. we got a Father who has so loved us that he had planned our redemption before the world has begun. He has a will that he's working out, and he has a way of accomplishing his will. We are the beneficiaries of that. Indeed, we need to be grateful for how he works. Sometimes we wonder why or the way he chose to work. But the fact that he is God, and that he does give bountifully and generously, we need to understand that grace and that mercy that has been shown upon us and the hope that we have with him one day. We're also studying the book of Colossians in the Bible class on Sunday morning. Uh, This is in chapter 3, we're in chapter 1. But it's interesting as you read through the book of Colossians, I was mentioning this morning that there's about 95 verses in the book of Colossians. And out of that 95 verses, there's only about 14 that has something negative about it. And usually it's in the sense of saying, this is where you once were, but now you are not there any longer. In other words, the emphasis that we have and that we need to understand that comes from God is how bountifully He has blessed us, how bountifully He has enriched our lives, even though that we may not see it exactly that way, 
along uh, along our lifetime, but to know that He does and that He does care for us. Therefore, as the elect of God, those chosen by God, those who are chosen are those who will hear, believe, repent, confess, obey the Lord in baptism for the remission of sins, to be raised to walk that new life. These are the elect in God. Those who will choose to listen to Him. He's given us creation that tells us He's there. Romans 1 and verse 20. Psalm 19 verses 1 and 2 as well as other places throughout the scriptures that remind us of the, the bountiful grace that God has given unto us who dwell here on the earth and how we need to be grateful for what he's done for us. As the elect of God, holy. Sometimes as you look at that word holy, I don't know if we sometimes put an E after the L. Or not. We're going to have holy lives spotted. That's not the holy he's talking about here. We're to have holy life, pure lives, godly lives. It's not us. It's God working in us. It's his righteousness that dwells in us that makes us saints or set apart for the service of God and a life that we live. We're to be holy and beloved. To think about the absolute power that God has. I marvel and stand amazed of Genesis 1 and verse 1. When I am able to take time to reflect on the result of Genesis 1 and verse 1, it humbles the heart. He created this for you and for me. Everything that we see that we cannot see been created for us by that spoken word. The power. We have yet to even begin to comprehend the expanse of the universe in which we are a very, very, very small part. And again, it's all explained in Genesis 1.1. And with that power, he is willing, because of our decision, to call us his beloved. And he chooses to bless us. We may have some preferences of blessings we would like to receive. We have preferences of how we would choose to perceive what we have here in this life. But the God who can create this universe, the beauty and the magnificence of it, 
how he can hold it together by the word of his power and bring it to an end by the word of, the, of his power, that he would look upon us, finite human beings, with beginning of days and end of days, and richly beyond comprehension, shower us with blessings. Oftentimes, we just simply need to open our eyes. Oftentimes, we just simply need to reflect on what he's done, what he is doing, and more than that, what he promises to do for those who so loved him that when he comes again, they have a home prepared for them in heaven. We are to put on tender mercies. We are to be reminded of how compassionate Jesus is with us. The Hebrew writer in Hebrews 4 verse 15 talks about the compassionate high priest. We have a high priest who can sympathize with our weaknesses. Reflect on that. God in heaven, Christ in heaven, eternal beings, without weakness, without fault, that high priest can sympathize with you and what you're going through. His tender mercy is there. His desire to reach out to you and to encourage you to do what is right. James would remind us in the book of James and in chapter 5. And in verse 11. He's talking about the prophets of old who spoke in the name of the Lord in verse 10 as an example of suffering and patience. Indeed, we count them blessed who endure. You have heard of the perseverance of Job in seeing the, the end intended by the Lord that the Lord is very compassionate and merciful. We can read Job and we can see what he went through. And we may have that question about the Lord being compassionate and the Lord being merciful. We have that tendency of wanting to use words that, again, only God can give to us. And then to draw our conclusions as to how we think that ought to have been. You read Job. The Lord is merciful. The Lord never left Job. The Lord has strengthened Job the severe trial that he went through. 
You go back and you read chapters 1 and 2 of Job. And you catch that glimpse of what Satan was wanting to do. But you catch that glimpse of the confidence that God had in Job. He is compassionate and he is merciful. And we're told there in Colossians 3 that we are to put on tender mercies. We're to put on kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering. All those qualities that do not come naturally. All those qualities that we want to say are hard or difficult to develop and to express within our life. We look from our perspective and we fail to see from God's perspective. We fail to see again the confidence that God has in his people. That we can show kindness in humility and meekness and that long suffering. We tend to be impatient. We live in a society that is built on impatience. Some of us remember the days of television when they were had tubes in them. And it took forever to heat up. And you only had a few channels. And all those channels went off the air at midnight. As they played the Star Spangled Banner. We like that instant. We like the iPhones that you can just pick up and you can be on the internet and you can be wherever you want to be in a flash. And if those get too slow, what do we do? Trade them in. Get a newer model. One that has more speed. Hard for us to be patient or long-suffering. But you think about God. The patience that he has with humanity. The patience that he has with you and with I. You think about that patience. How long has he been working in our life? How many trials have we overcome? And how many tribulations have we given into? And yet he's still patient with us. He's still working with us. Desiring that we would grow. 
that we'd have a better understanding, that we'd have more confidence that he works with us. That is not us. That is Christ working in us. Ephesians 3 and verse 20. That our God who is able to do exceedingly abundantly beyond all that we ask or think, according to the power that works within us, not our power, the power that works within us, he's able to accomplish great things. Whatever it is, whatever we're able to accomplish physically is because we have used, because we are using what God has already given to us. The same is true spiritually. Whatever we're able to accomplish spiritually is because we are using what God has already provided for us and in us. His power working within us. Bearing with one another. Hard to do at times. Why? Hard to do at times because I, I'm selfish. So it's hard for me to bear with you. You ought not to have weaknesses. You ought not to come short of the glory of God. You ought not to do things that do not harmonize with the will of God. Does not those fingers come back here? Do they not come back here? If I'm asking of you what I'm not willing to do of myself, how can I be impatient with you? And then God working with us. Grateful for the time that we're no longer under as described in Leviticus 10, 1 through 3. With Nadab and Abihu, who offered a strange fire unto the Lord that the Lord had not commanded them, and he struck them down there. God doesn't do that with us. He's patient with us. He allows us the opportunity to grow. We see it in the physical realm. I see one back there that I remember him when he was just a baby. And now he's about as tall as his mama. Time to grow. Give him that time. God gives us that time. Do we give that time to each other? Well, you ought to know better than that. You've been a Christian for 50 years. You ought to know better than that. Physical age has nothing to do with it. I've seen those 50 plus that have done some things they ought not to have done. Physically. And suffered because of it. But we are given that opportunity. God is patient, long-suffering with us. We're to be that with one another, bearing with one another. And what else? Forgiving one another. 
What is God willing to do when we repent? He forgives. But he keeps it in the back of his mind, you know. And the next time you know, he said, I already, I already, I knew you was going to do it again. Is that how he works? Not according to Hebrews 10, verse 17 and 18. Their sins and their iniquities I will remember no more, says the Lord. And when there's a sacrifice made for sins, there's no more offering to be made. The sacrifice for sin is the blood of Jesus Christ. It's already been made. And once we repent of those sins, they're washed away by the blood of the Lamb, and God does not remember them against us. They've been dealt with. There is no more offering or sacrifice to be made. We belittle ourselves. We beat ourselves down. When we say, well, I did it again, and I did it again, and I did it again. How can God love me? How can God forgive me? I have forgotten the promise of God. When I repent, he forgives, and it's done. He allows me to grow. And as I grow, as I do physically, stumble. It's not that you stumble, it's what do you do after you stumbled. Basically, that's what the world wants to know. They want to know what you do when you stumble. What makes you different than the world? Are you willing to get back up? And are you willing to go again? That's not the end of the situation. Ours is to keep on keeping on until the end of time. How are we to forgive? Everyone as Christ forgave you, so you also must do. As Christ forgave you, you are to do to others. I would not want God keeping the tally book on the wrongs that I've committed. I'm grateful that the eraser that he uses is the precious blood of his son. Washes away those sins. Allows the purity to be there. Allows that opportunity to go on in service to him. Above all these things, we are to put on love, which is that perfect bond of perfection. Put on love. Go back and read 1 Corinthians 13. Read 14. As well. Read 12. Read 12, 13, and 14. Look at what, how it's being described. Here's how love works. All those miraculous gifts, they're going to be done away with. But love will remain forever. 
Love does not seek its own. You look at that definition of love in 1 Corinthians 13, verses 4 through 8. And that's a job that you have in your life. That's the task that is yours. Put on this love. And the only way that you can put that love on is with Christ. So as we look at our life this morning, or as we look at our life at any time that we do such, where are we? Where are we? Not in your own eyes. Where are you? Not in the eyes of those that you love and those that love you. Where are you in the eyes of God? As he looks upon you, not the physical, but the spiritual, what does he see? His desire is that we would understand our weaknesses, our limitations, that we would turn to him in repentance of our sins, that we would be willing to confess him as the Lord and the Savior, Jesus Christ, obey him in baptism for the remission of the sins, for the forgiveness of those sins, in order that we may be raised to walk in newness of life and then to be that child of God. When we stumble, we return home. Keep our focus on Jesus. Are we doing that? Have we done that first of all? Have we become his child? And as his child, as we deal with what we call difficult days ahead or that we're in the midst of, they're just the days of the world. The stability. The hope. And the reward of this life. It's with God and heaven. As we examine, are we doing the things that God would have us to do? Is your life pleasing in his sight? Or indeed, do we need to listen to the song, God is calling the prodigal. God is calling the wasteful. God is calling the wayward. To come without delay. Life is not where it needs to be. If you need to make a change, if we could assist you, or we could help you in any way, and indeed, we bid you to come as together we stand and sing.